Hello everybody, you know who it is, it's Big Joe, Big Joe's Compendium, and it's that time of the season, we're actually doing it a little late because of a couple things that came out, but um, end of season review. Now, what we're obviously talking about is anime, but uh, I have a returning guest, uh, Valk here, uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey y'all, I'm Valk, uh, this time my mic is working, so you know, that's good. That's gonna sound like I was, you know, 15 feet underwater and like I had a bomb going off around my computer. So all right, let's let's not let's let's not get too too far ahead. <laughs> but um, all right. So the biggest thing we're gonna do, we're gonna do a little different, uh, do things a little differently. Uh, this is gonna be the first time we do it like this, and we're probably gonna expand it. And I'm gonna bring in different people each time for this one. But um. End of season rewards for anime because you know we love doing those kind of things. It's so fun, just you know, sitting down and saying, "Hey, this is that, this is this." But um, we're gonna specifically for the previous anime season, which means this does not include, you know, summer 2019. But this is more of a fall ish we're going into fall like it's it's summer in the fall but not quite because Kometsu no Yaiba didn't start in the summer of 2019 it's just a continuation so we're not going to necessarily count that because that would take a lot of things there's, there's a couple things that would yeah yeah so here we go everybody all right so um let, let's just get this out of the way full spoiler warning for everything that came out in summer 2019 and let's just throw spring 2019 yeah. in there for good measure if you haven't if you haven't watched anything and i highly suggest you just be careful listening through because there will be some spoilers um especially if you were looking forward to watching the movies because we will be touching up on those towards the end of this podcast so why don't we hop right on it first category we have is best opening so there's a lot of uh there's a lot that i would want to say uh if this was last season everybody who knows me knows that i would choose come to know yeah i was opening without a second thought oh my god gurren is just like that's just straight fire which by the way gurren i believe last i checked was either plat was marked platinum or gold as a record not not just like just a straight up song platinum or gold it's just that good of a song so why don't we give your pick first, Val? Just so you know, and a little explanation as to why. Well, I, I'm boring, you know. I I just like a good song most of the time, but you know, do pay attention to visuals. I I had to give it to Inferno because that whole thing from beginning to end, for me at least, may not have been for you, but for me, it was just fantastic. I mean, the song by Mrs. Green Apple, fantastic. You know first few notes that she's like okay yeah I, I could work out to this i could drive 100 miles an hour to this you know yeah and through the whole thing you know it doesn't tell much doesn't have much of a narrative but there is a narrative there and you see all the parts coming together and it looks visually stunning you know i'm sorry quick synopsis but Hey, we're pressed for time. Yeah, no, that's that's very fair because like um, there's a lot that's go. Uh, sh that show's actually very fast paced. 
to put the least. Like, the author doesn't waste too much time in each arc. He uses just enough time, and for people who don't know, the same author of Soul Eater is the one that does Fire Force. So those trade that trademark art style, you really can tell it's them, and it's very nice. Like I agree, that opening is actually really nice. For me, I had to go with uh, Don Machi. For the people who don't know, it's uh, "Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in Dungeon" season two. I chose that because the song was a little mellow and. Uh, you get a lot from the opening. Just how, like, in Inferno for um, Fire Force, the opening for that one was rather, you know, it's, you get enough. doesn't show you a lot. It shows you some stuff that you probably actually, some things in the opening for uh, Fire Force aren't necessarily even in the story. But it's very well done, and it's, you know, kind of just like, hey, here's pieces and bits of the story that you're going to get. And the characters. With Don Machi, they take the opposite route and they're like, hey, this is a whole bunch of stuff that you're most likely gonna see this season. Get hype. And you the song the song is a little slow paced. It's not a faster paced song than um Fire Forces Inferno, but with the direction, how they designed it, it just it has a lot of good buildup. And I love the way that they did it with the buildup because it made like it gets you hype. Like, get you hyped for the beginning of the season, and then it's just like, alright guys, that's just the beginning, here's the real meat, and then they're just like, character, 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 and you're like, um, oh yes. This is where I mentioned that that OP would have taken it if it weren't for, like, one second where Bell does his backflip, and it's just like, oh god, that's ugly. This one second is fucking ugly, otherwise... It would have had it. It was like, you know, the one point difference. Yeah, he... Just like, Bell suddenly went up. It's like, he's got weight, he's got weight, he's got weight. And now he's lost all inertia, and it looks like he's just floating. <laughs> so... Other than that, really good. Yes, th those are two of my favorites from this. Uh, there's a lot more to go. Uh, we're going to say this now. Best soundtrack was actually very hard for me to figure out. I could not pick one soundtrack because I like bits and pieces. If I had to choose a soundtrack from any anime, which I know Valk was stuck on this too, I would choose a soundtrack from Kingon Ashura because that opening was actually my second place for best opening. For anybody who didn't watch it, uh, just a quick synopsis, King God Asha was uh, a manga based on this whole thing where businesses and merchants hire fighters in an underground fighting world to settle disputes as opposed to sending out assassins to try to kill the other businessmen, etc., etc. And like it goes from, this all started all in the Heisei era or something like that in Japan. It's come up to modern times. You get these two main characters. One's like your typical... Old man working in a rundown, dead-end dead uh, office job. Another kid's one guy looking to get into these fights. And the direction of that opening is very good. The song is very nice. Like, all the music in that show, when I listened to it, was very nice. But I couldn't really decide on it. Because there was some music that was not up to par with other soundtracks that were in the same season. So, like, every, all the music from all the shows this season were actually pretty solid. I mean... It's honestly like really hard for me because I because a good soundtrack it's something that you aren't you know meant to notice until it needs to be noticed. But I agree. Even listening for soundtrack, it's just like mm, 
And, and this is, you know, a category that we decide we aren't going to do for continuations or cross-court. Um, so, you know, we wouldn't have Demon Slayer getting best soundtrack again. You know, like that. But or Carol on Tuesday, because Carol on Tuesday has phenomenal music. Nothing really stuck out. So, you know, yeah. I'm just going to kind of default to Dr. Stone, because when it works it really works well when they make another you know scientific breakthrough again yeah that's fair uh, I, I feel guilty doing that i really feel like i'm cheaping out but hey <laughs> I, I understand i understand uh so moving on next one best ending now i'm gonna start off with this one because of what he said i think the ending for dr stone was my favorite like hands down it's for me, I like a lot of music, obviously, and um, my standards for endings come from liking endings from a regular Magic High School or Inuyasha or any of those endings, like Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Shampoo. All of those endings have strong music. Oh, and Fully Cooly, too, by the way. Strong music limited or smooth visuals and it just like kind of winds you down like life the song that they use for the ending for for the ending for dr stone reminded me of homemade kazuko which they did a lot of music for like bleach and uh samurai shampoo but that ending theme was so nice it's so nice to just kind of sit back and wind down because like when you get when you go into the whole episode you know you kind of wound up or whatever you know how they want you to be wound up and then it just kind of brings you down and it gets you ready for the next episode you just kind of coast like you don't really notice you don't really notice like it, it'll play in the background you'll be watching and the next thing you know it's over and that's why I ended up choosing. It was very, very smooth, very good to the point. It was a very, very underrated song. Okay, uh, for me, life started off great, and then, you know, like the acoustic guitar, I freaking love that bit. But then it just, it kind of fell off the tracks a little bit for me. Um, again, I feel guilty giving best ED to the same show, but. I love Veil. It starts off, you know, not so great. It's pretty much the opposite of life for me. Um, starts off not so great, and then it picks up, and it's just like, oh, yes, this is great. And it's yeah. a little bit of a story through the visuals, too. Yeah, the ending for um, Fire Force. Fire Force has solid openings and endings, and second core for that show is actually going to have a phenomenal opening, but I'll talk about that later. Um, that I can understand why you would choose that. There's... Quite a few shows that have good endings. Uh, one show that uh, I watch called You Know, The Girl Who Chanced Across Time. Actually, I can't. Look, you know what? I got the title. I got most of the title. All right, that's all that matters. But that show, that show, the second core of that show has a very nice ending. Kind of dumb, but I'll explain why later. But I enjoy. It, but I understand what he means because life can life can be kind of weird with that ending. But Veil is not a bad choice. Oh man, I've got a lot to say about you. Know. We'll we'll save that. We'll save that. So uh, moving on. Best ongoing and We both chose Kometsu no Yaiba. However, however, that's not to say. 
that the other ones that were continuing are not good. There was a couple that I didn't get a chance to fully watch. I didn't get a chance to finish Carol on Tuesday because of the whole Netflix thing, and I couldn't find a website to watch it illegally, personally. There was, um... Maybe don't admit to crime shit. You know, that's fine. It's okay. They'll, if they come find me, they find me. If I die, I die. It is what it is. Like the eye opened up. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I, I welcome it. It's Yeah, it, it, that's how it is right now. Fruits Basket, I don't care who you are, that show was a phenomenal from start to finish. Yeah, I, I'm not into that sort of stuff usually, but Fruits Basket, solid. Yeah, it, it solid. good pacing, great animation. It was the, the way that they animated God, that. It doesn't look like the original. <laughs> oh, God. Just, just look up. If you have not seen the original, first off, don't watch it. It's ugly. It's very dated early digital. Yeah. Drawing. Second, just look up, like, one frame of it. Not an in-between, just a regular frame, and you will see what I mean by, oh, God, it is ugly. Uh, you don't even have to do that, actually. There's uh, quite a few people who have done comparisons. Um, Shout-out to Astro Nerd Boy, actually. He's a f- um, guy that I follow his uh, post regularly. He posts on a forum. He did a comparison of shots from both all three, the manga, the old anime, and the current anime, and you can really see the difference in the art style. Now, not to say the art style from the old Fruits Basket was bad, it was just the beginning of the newer style, because they weren't going to use the older style from the 90s, they were using more of the, like uh, Valk said, the digital drawing style from the 2000s, and yeah, it's come a long way. I'm glad they decided to renew that animation. But Fruits Basket was a very good um, continuation. Um, there were a couple others, but like a lot of the continuations weren't stand out, if you get what I mean. Like, you look like, back, and you're just kind of like... great and all, but, you know... Admittedly, you know, the book that it's based on is, you know, twice as thick as the regular books in that series, but... Yeah. God, can we just, like, move on from the prostitutes, please? <laughs> She's not even a real prostitute. She's... She lived in Orab, yes, but... You know... She didn't do the thing. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Now... But yeah, need to move quicker and... Decide to stick a little closer to the light novels so that they wouldn't lose the character, which you know it's fine. But yeah, uh, it is. It, it is what it is. But if that's what you were gonna do. <laughs> All right, moving on. Best new series. Uh, there is a trend here. Um... Uh, it's so bad too, isn't it? Hey, we're. We actually, like, are looking at each other's candidates right now. We aren't coming up with these on the spot. We wrote out the list so we know how we're going to talk about it. Yes, this is slightly scripted, like 0.5%. For once, for me. But, uh, yeah, no, it's pretty bad because, like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, this really is kind of silly. It's so slanted. It's, it's very so slanted. slanted. It and makes the... it look like we just looked on the first page of Crunchyroll. And the worst part is that there's a lot that um like there was one anime that is very popular right now and there's a couple of them that are very popular 
that I did not get a chance to get to. And it was not because I didn't want to or anything like that. There's like a very big issue in the anime industry streaming wise right now because of Sony that I don't want to get into. And I missed out on two anime that I really wanted to watch. Mao-sama Retry and Kanata no Astra. Kanata no Astra I was put onto and um stuff to say about that first one. <laughs> yeah. That one was like ugh. Anyways, uh best new series. Go ahead. Uh, I went with Dr. Stone because, you know, it's very well researched, you know. Oh, Japan doesn't exactly have iron deposits, but they do have iron sand. So how do they get iron? They go get iron sand or just just watch the series. I, I, I hate saying that, but watch the series. It's just so meticulously researched, so well done, you know. Earth's axis is off because 3,700 years have passed, so Senku's uh, sextant doesn't work. He can't use it to navigate because the stars aren't in the right place. Stuff like that that just makes me so happy to watch a show. I agree. Dr. Stone, like, these two shows, because if it's not obvious, I chose Fire Force. Uh, Dr. Stone was one of my favorites. Dr. Stone and Fire Force, two of my favorites that I sat back and I was like, from the get-go, everybody needs to watch them. And I'm right, like, they're very good. They're very good. I ended up choosing Fire Force because while I really like Dr. Stone and everything else, it is one of those shows where I like to relax with. And for me, Best New Series also includes the hype, and for me, Fire Force, like, a lot of hype, like a lot of hype currently in the stratosphere. Yeah, currently in the anime, and what's coming up? What are we going? What we're going to see? What you're going to see in the future from the manga and, and beyond? Like I am, like I am in that hype stage right now. Like that did affect it a little bit, but like I, it was hard to choose because there is, like there there are a couple other series that were pretty damn good. Like my my second and third place. Actually, we're tied between um, d- um, dumbbells. How heavy do you lift? And if you don't shut up, if you don't shut up, you, just, you always get part of the title. And it's funny to see what you string together. Yeah, there was actually that and uh, Vinland Saga. Vinland Saga is also one that um, if you haven't gotten a chance to watch, like. I only got to, watch, got, to, got to watch a little bit bits and pieces, but um, if I got to watch more of it, I would not be surprised if I chose different more um, awards. It's purely because I simply just found myself being too busy to watch Vinland Saga, and I'm very upset about that, because I know what the story is. I've seen it. I've read a little bit of it. I've kept up with it for the most part, and I've watched some of it, and it is phenomenal. But I had to go with Fire Force for now. In the future, I might come back and be like, I changed my mind. But uh, for right now, it was definitely Fire Force for me. And- All right, folks. Uh, ready your pitchforks, because um, we're about to piss a lot of people off. Best girl, go. Uh, yeah, so I didn't want to choose the same girl. I wanted it to be two different girls. And uh, for me, I chose one of the side characters from How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift. Ayaka Udehara. 
I liked her because she was the main character's best friend. And while it was easy to choose between the two main female leads, Ayaka, she she was she Ayaka was like she was very quiet, very cool. That kind of laid back character. Whole show though is just terrible. Yeah, like, like there's a, there's a lot honest. of there's, there's you can't really choose a bad girl from that the, show. The whole main cast is just oh my god, this is fucking fantastic. Yeah, there, there's a lot to accept with this, and she she was very good. Like best girl, like a lot of people have like the things like best girls gotta have this this that. I'm like I don't I I, I agree, but. I like this character. She's a personal favorite of mine. Now, the other reason why I chose her is because of the choice that uh, Valk had, and then I'll explain why after he tells you his choice and why. Go ahead. Well, I went with Maki from uh, Fire Force. Miss Maki Oze. Um, honestly, like, I... I like her because, you know, she's actually a physically strong female character who looks the part, you know. She's defined her muscles, and in spite of all, all that, you know, she's still a bit of a ditz, you know. Not my usual personality type, but, you know, I like her! She has a certain kind of charm. It's just also, you know, I'm a sucker for long black hair, so... She has a certain kind of charm. Now, the whole reason why this is funny is because... Uh, for anybody who's listened to my podcast before, I've had uh, DL on here, and he's a huge, huge fan of the Fire Force. But uh, his best girl is not Maki. He's a very big fan of cat girls. So... Fight me. <laughs> so you can okay, already Tamaki's great. Tamaki's great. We we actually we actually had like a huge argument between who was the best girl from Fire Force. It was between Tamaki, Maki, and um the other wow, I forgot their names for the moment. The other two. The captain of the Fire Force and the Priestess. Oh boy. Shin, are you really trying to get your house burned down? You know, it's fine. I'm not kidding about the pitchforks. You just started a hate war based off of two characters. It's okay. It's okay. You hear that? That that's fire burning outside your window. I, I'm I'm I've already I've already accepted this. But um <laughs> there those four girls, there's no wrong again, there's no wrong choice. They all have their pros and cons. All of them have an extreme demographic they go through. Except for Maki. Maki's actually the most balanced out of all four of them, in my opinion. But that's a whole different thing. <laughs> but um, I, I just wanted to say that because, you know, they got to have more from different things. Now, personal favorite. We both watched one of these. I didn't watch the other one that he chose because... Hey, hey, uh, you're, you're skipping over one. No. I, I Yeah, you're right. I did, didn't I? You're skipping over best boy. And since we both pick the same one, you go ahead and talk about it, Mr. I can't get the title of the show right. Alright, li- listen here. We both chose um, Naruzo Machio. Machio. Why did I say that? Machio. So, the reason why I ended up choosing him over anybody else, like, I could have chose anybody from Fire Force, Dr. Stone, anything like that, or even the dad from Mouse, uh, Mouse Amari Tribe, which he's actually a very good candidate. 
in my opinion. But uh, Machio, it sealed it for me when there's a scene in uh, one of the episodes, I think it's like episode 5 or 6 or whatever, the girls are all talking after they do like this whole thing, and he just like burst out in his posing, and he just keeps posing in the background, and he's so happy. This man is so happy when he's posing, and like they're completely ignoring him, and he's a background side, and he's just like, yes! Yes! And he's just naming off all these different poses, and you're just like, this man is a treasure. He's just yeah, a treasure. A great workout for your sides. Sides. Sorry. Sides. Sides. Chesto! <laughs> yep. Just burst out of his clothes. It also, because he has this amazing knack to, you know, while explode his clothes, whenever he puts his jacket back on, his body size immediately shrinks. And it's been pointed out in the anime before, and it's, like, very hilarious. This man has the most slimming clothes ever. Like, my god, he even shrinks in terms of height. Yep. Like, he grows, like, two inches when he muscles up. It's, it's hilarious. It's a huge comedy thing. But, um... That show is so self-aware, too. Like, Ganberu just... Yeah. It's got, like, asides that have characters that are, you know, hundreds of kilometers away, butting in. It's like, why are you here? Yep. Yep. And also, one of the other reasons why I really like this show is that, uh, Kingan Ashua and this show are done by the same author. Fun fact. So, <laughs> moving on. Get your side chest in, boys. Yeah, get your workouts in. Uh, what I was saying before, before Val corrected me. Personal favorite. Now, I'm going to explain mine later after him. I want him to talk about this one. <laughs> His choice, because I did see it, but I didn't watch it. I, was, I wasn't I was too sure if I wanted to take the dive. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have. Um, I picked Are You Lost, or if you're saying it properly in Japanese, Sonandeska, which translates to Are You Shipwrecked? A-plus translation there, folks. <laughs> Um, it's about four high school girls who one day have, uh, gone out on a little trip with their school, right? You know, all girls academy, they're going on that trip and their plane kind of crashes or their boat or whatever they were on, whatever it's crashed. They need to survive now. And, uh, as a former boy scout, you know, it was very very fun to just watch this show and be like oh yeah i remember learning all that this is fucking fun and you know the only difference is we got some you know cute anime girls yeah the degenerate but sometimes you just gotta be a man of simple tastes yeah no i i agree like the, there's there are a lot of shows like last there's a couple anime that seasons ago Oh my gosh, why would you do that to me? But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to. There's a couple shows from a season or two ago with very similar stories, but the impact was completely different. Like, I remember actually watching a video of Giguk, and he was talking about one in particular where the girls all go on a trip to Alaska, and, like, you're just, like, when you sit down and you watch that, you're like, oh, this is going to be another one of those cutesy-cutesy things. And then 20 minutes later, you're sitting there crying, like, 
you don't know what's going on. You're you're contemplating life. You just you're sitting at the edge of your bed, just shaking, just like, why am I crying? Why am I crying? Why? Oh man, that's one of those shows. So I can understand why you want to get into one of those, and it's not a well, bad thing. It's not an emotional thing. Yeah, there's there's like there's just absolutely no. Oh my god, you know this is this is my never card all over again. None of that. Um. It's just a fun show, you know. It's a half episode, so twelve minutes per episode. Ah, those there are no, there aren't enough of those shows. Actually, there I want to talk to about more. there need to be more half episodes. I, I actually want to talk about that. One of my favorite comedy animes that I've ever watched was a was a half episode anime series called Tonari no Seiki Kun or Seiki Kun. Like I, I don't remember the English translation. I didn't care. Tonari no Seiki Kun is great because it was 12 minute hijinks of just this kid who would do random things at his desk in class and not get caught by the teacher and the person sitting next to him was just this little just this girl who was just like you need to stop you need to stop but then she would just also get caught up in the hijinks and it would I just go from there i have not watched that show but i watched clips of it and it is freaking hilarious um, I, I invested into that show and I ended up finding the manga for it it was really good but personal favorite from this season for me was you know now I know some people probably saw it they probably watched a couple episodes they were like what the fuck I liked it because the particular vein of the main character I vibe with I enjoy watching them go through things because they understand that they're massive perverts and they roll with it, and they use it, but when it matters most, they are rather, you know, docile or rather considerate of the females involved in any kind of fashion or way. So it's always... You know, when you, you say it like that, you sound very, very, very creepy. Yeah, you do very have respectful a respectful of the females. That was awful. Oh, <laughs> God, don't... Oh, no, basically he's just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a huge perv, but I'm I'm like, Takia owns his identity. Yeah. So the story for this show is essentially, his dad's dead supposedly, and like he was like this really famous, um, archaeologist, and his dad like he comes home one day and he gets a package from his supposed dead dad, who's like, hey, here's this device. It can take you back into time, but it doesn't actually take you back in time. The whole, as you find out later in the series, the way it works is it doesn't take you back in time. It takes you back to a certain point in time, like a like a different alternate pathway, as one would say. And he's just Save point. yeah, basically, and he just goes through life. He's going through life in the first half of this, trying to figure this out, like, you know, trying to help his friends, you know, trying to do this and that and keep his parents alive. And the reason why I enjoyed it is because there was one part in the like when he first gets his hands on it and he first like really tries to use it, he's trying to save his uh stepmom. And essentially her situation was she was getting framed and blackmailed into having sexual relations with a guy at her job. Otherwise, or she was going to lose her job, and he was not about that. Like, but every like he would use it to try to save her, but every time he did it, initially, she would commit suicide, and there was no way he could stop it. 
that he spent. There was, in this episode, when this first happened, they spent a legit two minutes just showing, like, him showing up, stopping him from trying to rape her. Or not rape, but, like, trying to have sex with her and whatever. And, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, whatever. You know. And then she would just, it was just graphic, too. Like, didn't hold back with the blood at all. And so he eventually, like, figures out, like, I have this thing where I can go back in certain points, but I can also bring things with me. So he does this, and he figures out a way to save her, and then his body disappears. So the way it works is, like, he can fix certain things, but, like, he might not be in the proper timeline for that anymore, and therefore he's gone. And it's really weird, because you don't know what happens in those timelines, because... Think of it kind of like Steins Gate, in that once you change a certain amount of of stuff that happens, I, I fail at finding the word. I know there's a word for it. But once you change a certain amount in the, that timeline, that singularity, actually, it's so different, so divergent from the main timeline that it just kind of control sees you out of it yep. and then make sure it deletes you yep so that you know you've got this new branch but you're not from that branch so you can't exist in it you need to go here so it's kind of like steins gate kind of not yeah it's very weird um and it's it's actually a two core first half is that and then he gets isekai in the second half sudden isekai syndrome yeah hilarious that that second half was a ride. Oh, man. The amount of time that passed in the second ride... What? I mean, so much fun of how badly paced the beginning was. It was like, oh yeah, this episode he got... E now he's got a wife and a little dog. Now that kid's fucking five years old. But she looks like she's 16. And it's all happening in like two episodes. It's ridiculous. So I enjoyed watching it just because it was kind of, it was kind of a riot. It wasn't necessarily terrible. There was likable characters. It wasn't great. Yeah, it wasn't great. That ending kind of annoyed me, but, you know. God, it, it had just, like, the most anticlimactic ending ever. It's just like, oh, yeah, you know, gonna, gonna go save my daughter. Actually, I'm just gonna join her at the beginning and end of time. And, yeah, we don't actually save really anyone. Oh, yeah, fucking, I remember that I had to save Kana, so yeah. let's go fix that. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go save my other daughter. Oh, yeah. So, there, there, there's a whole bunch with that, and it's ridiculous. But it was a funny watch. Would I watch yeah. it again? Probably not. But I definitely wouldn't. If you have the time, the spare time, and want to get a good laugh out of something, it's probably not It's probably not a terrible choice. I'd if say. If you really want to laugh at something. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just remember that this thing is based on a uh, visual novel from the 90s um, for a Japanese computer system that I don't remember the name of. Yeah. And in 1995, it's either 95 or 98, it uh, got four hentai OVAs. Hilarious. Hi I'm not kidding. Larry, he's not. I looked this up too. No, it's on Mal. Also, they're kind of disgusting. <laughs> I'm not proud to say that I watched one of them. Ugh. I watched two of them. They're 
They're not great. Don't watch them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on. Uh, one that didn't come up. Uh, we couldn't really find any. The closest that was that closest that would have fit would have been you know, but it wasn't quite at that level. Dumpster fire. Florida came pretty close too in some places, but I couldn't put it in there because it didn't make me question my morality like our favorite dumpster fire. So this this whole thing came about when um, last season we watched the show called "Why the Hell Are You Here, Sensei," and it was morally questionable. Very morally questionable. Hilariously entertaining for no reason. And it was just one of those shows where you're just like, why am I sitting here watching this? I know I it's don't bad. I want to watch this. This is terrible for my soul. I'm going to hell for watching this, so why can't I look away? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, that's what um that show was. There wasn't anything that I noticed, actually, from this season that fit that bill. Because everything had a certain level of completion. And it wasn't necessarily weren't bad. Some of them weren't necessarily weren't good either, but they were pretty solid. So that's that's it for that. Uh, character design, though. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell them your uh, very nice choice there, Valk? Here comes with here we go with the trend again. Um... Doctor Stone, because simply because the character designs work with. The characters that they represent yeah also it lends itself surprisingly well to those fantastic facial breaks that the characters have uh, where it's like what the fuck are you talking about are you an idiot yeah uh fun fact uh, the person who did the art for dr stone is not the same person did the uh story two different people it's a duo tangent uh shout out to anybody who's ever read bakuman that's essentially the same thing they're doing as the main characters from that. Yeah. Boichi is pretty fucking good, I gotta say. I've read I've read a, quite a few of his things. I've read his uh, one of his uh, first manga, and his art style is... Uh, I mean, you've watched Dr. Stone. I know everybody who's watched this, who's listened to this podcast, has seen at least one or two episodes of Dr. Stone, and his art is phenomenal. Like, his art is, like, it's not, like, the same as, like, Murata's or anything like that, but, like, it's it's got a, it's got a level of completion and finish that is just, mwah, makes me want to be Italian for a minute. What's great about Boichi's art, if you ask me, is, at least in Dr. Stone, you know, it does look very well done, you know, it looks like this is a guy who spent his time tracing a fine outline very carefully. But despite that, you know, he manages to give these characters a fairly rough and frayed look, you know. You can very much tell that, yes, this is a primitive world, you know. Yeah. And to be able to do that with clean lines is... Impressive. Pretty damn good, you know. I'm, I'm still putting Sushio up as my favorite because unfortunately it's a killed and other Trigger stuff, but... I mean, that's fine. That's fine. But, uh... Trigger didn't put anything out this season, so... <laughs> so, here we go. My choice, I actually went with Kengan Ashua. So, the art in Kengan Ashua is phenomenal. Like, the anime itself was uh, done in CG, 
very weird CG style that they decided to go, but it was better than most CG. It was an amazing CG. Like, it's not CG like, um, Hoshike no Kuni. Did I say that right? Hey, at least it ain't like our Inferno. Or, uh, well, uh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah, but this CG was very interesting because they used it in the sense of, because this is a fight, because the story is basically a bunch of fighting. And this fighting in this series is not pretty. It might think it's pretty, but it's not. They don't shy away from the blood. They don't shy away from broken bones. They don't shy away from awkward bone positions. Your arm is bent backwards twice. You're missing an eye. He's got it in there, and he's got it in there graphically. But these character designs are very nice. No two characters look the same. They all have a definitive look. They all have a definitive style. It, it's just... I love that art. And I stand by it where, like, even though the CG is really weird, the show made it work. Like, the art forced it to work. And when the art can force weird CG to work, that's saying a lot about that art. A lot. Now, moving on, best art direction. Um, pretty straightforward. We both chose Fire Force, or I chose Fire Force, and he chose Doctor Stone. But like, there's really not much to say about it. But um, what I want comes down to personal preference here. Yeah, but I will say there is quite a few shows that have really good art. That didn't get that didn't make the cut. Now, one of those shows we're going to talk about next because I actually chose it for something else. But uh, one of the shows uh, that we could choose is you know Don Machi. Don Machi is phenomenal art. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, and I really hate to say this, Fairy Tale has some pretty solid art. Yeah, I know. Fans of Fairy Tale around here. Not not a lot of people like Carolyn Tuesday has very unique art, but I couldn't put Carolyn Tuesday over what I chose for a couple reasons. But like Carolyn Tuesday is like that like really high class B level. Like it's like damn near close to being like topping a lot of these choices, but like not quite. And then there's also those old styles remixed into the newer style with Fruits Basket and Mix. Which anybody who knows what mix is, that's one of the oldest sports series. Like I'm talking old, as old as major or older when it comes to like baseball, manga, and anime. So just just keep that in mind. But like, there, there's a lot of good art out there. And there's even a couple arts from shows that I haven't gotten a chance to actually watch. One of them that caught my eye that I almost watched simply from the art itself from the. Uh, picture was a uh, grand Blum, where that one looked pretty interesting and reminded me of a mixture of like um yuki yuna as a hero and other oh what was the other one uh, recreators right a mixture of those oh two god you bring up recreators and i just want to talk about hours because i absolutely could yes and then there's art from given which is a music show that also has really good art surprisingly i was actually pleasantly surprised by how well the art was in that but overall I chose Fire Force because all of those have really good art, but like 
in the sense of where, like, if I were to plaster something on my wall, I don't know if I'd put those on my wall as opposed to Fire Force. I could throw anything from Fire Force and put it on my wall. No problem. That's what it gave it the edge for me. Okay, so speaking in terms of, like, cinematography, Fire Force absolutely does lighting way, way better than Dr. Stone. Um, unfortunately for Fire Force, I'm not exactly a big fan of gritty industrial city aesthetics. I'm much more, you know, give me the outdoors, give me the mountains, give me the lakes. The sunflower scene from Fire from uh, Dr. Stone is uh, quite the scene. Oh, my God. Yeah, when Suika finally can see and is cured of the fuzzy sickness um that's just absolutely gorgeous you know it's very nice you know i i gotta concede that fire force does just they just do lighting so well in that show you know the the scene uh where shinra is talking to joker for the second time it's like oh you're your baby brother's alive, and he's leading the people you hate. That's a hole. The light comes in through the windows there is just, it's jaw-dropping. Yeah, it really is. There's there's a lot of really good scenes. Uh, the scene where um, Shinra saves Tamaki from... Uh, uh, you mean... You mean the scene that absolutely mastered the ugly cry? Yes, that was... That was such a strong scene, and like, oh that was very well done. Very oh, well done. Look at my heart. This is supposed to be a fun show. <laughs> well, you gotta do some things, you know? But uh, that I can understand why you chose that. There, there's a lot out there that ended up getting edged very slightly, which honestly, like, if I had enough more time, I'd probably be able to pick out a certain couple more things, and probably a few more things would take, cho- uh, take spots. But, moving on... The best animation. Our last official category. Yeah. We will add more eventually, probably, but for now, this is the last one. Go ahead. Your, your choice first. Fire Force. Um, just incredibly fluid when it needs to be, and yet it can communicate a massive amount of weight when someone gets hit, you know? You can feel the impact of Shinra decking someone. Not like in uh, uh, season two of a one punch man. Oh, sorry, I just had a uh, something caught in my throat there. Um, <laughs> it really, really, uh, almost choked and died there. It's just, I'm so sorry. Yeah, weight is one of the most important things you can do in a fist fight, and if you cannot communicate that, I have no interest in watching it. It has to look like. A sword has weight. It has to look like a fist has weight. And people need to have momentum. You can't just have someone, you know, moving forward. Their foot hasn't touched the ground yet, but, you know, their weight is ahead of the planted foot. And then have them go backwards. There has to be... You have to communicate with that. And Fire Force does that excellently. You can see that people are moving in response to the forces around them. Now, for me, uh, I know I have a couple uh, friends that would love this choice because this ties into one of the other shows that I watch that I don't get a chance to watch a lot of but enjoy. It's set in the Fate universe. Its official title is Lord El Malloy 
say no Jim Cabo. Or as I wrote in our notes here. Lord L. Melloy 2's case. Yep. Now this one I watched enough of it to tell you that if this was an action series, it probably would have taken a lot of uh, Fire Forces stuff. Or actually, there's, there's actually there's a, quite a few things that I have to say about this. So it's following Waver, who was uh, the one who worked with uh, Ryder Escanor or Escander, sorry, and. It's him in a different time, like the different timeline, quite a quite a ways away in the future. He's an, a mature adult now. He's like, he is what we wanted him to be when we watched that show. We didn't want Waver to be this little child. He was, he is matured into something nice in this show, and it's cool. I enjoyed it. I love the art. I love the art style that comes out of Fate in general. Anything Fate, so anything Fate wise, Melty Blood, Tsukihime, all of that has a very set in tone style of art that you translate so well into anime it's hard to mess up but that's how good that art is it's very hard to mess that art up and the studio that does it is, uh, Tro uh troika tr yeah troika not a well-known studio to me well they, they did, did it creators so you know yeah that's not all that matters yeah that's sure then that's all we you need to know here. yeah D damn good job with this art and, like, there's a lot that I could say here and there about that, but there's a lot of shows that fall into this category. Uh, actually, one from a couple seasons ago that was a another 12-minute. There's a lot of 12-minute uh, animes that have good stories or that are good watches here and there. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, the name of it was it was set in um it was set in the same world as Bahamut. Was the full title of that series? Um, this older series. I can't remember the full title of that series. It was uh Bahamut's Eye or something like that. Uh, hold on one second, guys. I'm so sorry because I completely forgot. But um. Essentially, this show had absurdly good art, and all it was was just following these two girls who were princesses from their respective realms, and they were just having a good time at this really this cool magic school that has a really cool magic library and all of this other thing, all of these other things. And like, I remember I watched it, and I was just like, "Huh, this is kind of cool." And then next thing, I just kept watching it and kept watching it, and I was just like, "Oh, some shows are like that." Yeah, some shows are like that. So like, there's a lot of there's a lot of shows like uh, another one, Overwatch or not over? Wow, what the hell? Overlord. Not your favorite game. <laughs> Overlord, sorry, has a very particular art style. Same with uh, Slime, that are that's very enjoyable, very interesting, flows very well, but. I'm gonna find this anime eventually, and I'm gonna be pissed off because I know what the I know what the title You're of it is. I don't remember it as soon as you stop the recording. Yeah, most likely, but um, so that's I mean honestly that's pretty much it for that. Like there's shows like I wish I had more that I wish that I got the chance to watch more of because they were 
dumb good and limited time it would be fantastic i could watch everything on crunchyroll unfortunately they're only 24 hours in a day and i gotta do stuff during most of them yep same here but there there's a lot to enjoy and respect and pull from a lot of these other things so moving on i think that's yeah that was the last actual category for now yep. Literally, the only reason I didn't watch uh, Meloy is because it's in the Fate universe, and I have not seen Fate. I know it's a bad thing that I have not seen Fate yet. Cut me some slack. I've only been a weeb for like two and a half years. I, I hear pitchforks. I hear them. I can yeah, I smell do. the fire. Hear that clanking? Yeah, I hear that clanking. I hear that clanking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I it. It's it's one of those shows like once you go once you go deep dive into it you're gonna be in there for a while so it's understandable. Watch it for so long, but stuff is just constantly been getting pushed off because I gotta keep on the seasonal beat and you stay on top of the seasonals on top of other things and it's just really hard after a while. But hey, I got three weeks coming up, so. Ooh, I have I actually have some free time coming up soon too. I got my got my three-week break from the seasonal beat, because I like to let shows get three episodes first. Which is a... This is honestly not a bad strategy. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a good strategy for a lot of... for a lot of shows. You let them do that, because then you'll be able to catch up rather quickly. It's still a good time to catch up to them, and then like... kind of mellow out and decide if you if you like the show enough to follow it or not. Yeah, three episodes is... If it were ideal, it would be like, okay, one episode is how you determine. Like, unfortunately, most the way most shows are written, it's three episodes to establish the initial conflict and have an initial resolution. Yep. It's just the way it works out for some reason. I don't know why. I don't think anyone else knows why, except the anime industry decide when we have to convert a book to a show the first light novel will always be three episodes <laughs> it's a very weird thing but they're consistent with it I guess I guess you could yeah. say <laughs> like yeah um, wanna... I know we didn't put this in the outline because we're idiots and we didn't think about it but uh, you want to talk about some of the uh the stupid things that we've seen this season, like Arfurda's CGI. All right, this is a bone that you have. I'm gonna let you pick it clean. Oh my god, this is a bone. This is a big bone. Um, so just to set a premise here, I was actually really looking forward to this because um, the impact from when I read the manga, uh, it was huge. I really enjoyed it, and like I didn't see anything from it ever again. Because, like, it, like, just kind of, it did one of those, like, disappear acts. Like, hey, I'm here, and now I disappeared. And then I was like, all right, fine. And, yeah, so, good. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, so, RFR is hand-drawn. Um, I've wrestled what, over whether I like it or not for the entire run of the show. Um... I decided that I mostly like it. Uh, uh, it's got like this hyper cell shaded thing where, you know, 
you've got very strong contrast between colors and it looks good most of the time uh some of the character designs don't lend themselves too well to it but you know this clearly didn't this is clearly a production that could have used a few more dollars put behind it um but the cgi is the most egregious thing i have ever seen it is an affront to the anime gods and i think dio is uh raging <laughs> um, let's just say that imagine you've got like an aston martin you know very lovely car and then next to it you've got like a beat up 1995 toyota camera okay it's got rust on it it's got chipped paint it's got probably a bent axle it's not great looking um the, the cg is this weird for the monsters is this weird modeled look and it it just doesn't work it's like i can tell you're trying to make it look chitinous and pitted but it just ends up looking like someone spilled a bucket of rust on these gray pieces of steel that for some reason have totally different lighting than the scene um also they move just absolutely horridly like you can literally see the thing not moving at all doesn't even like float a little bit like something organic would it's just stock still it moves in a pretty much straight line to its destination and then it stops but they don't cut to make it look like it was moving and it came to rest they don't have any effects to indicate that it's moving but these things are supposed to be alive <laughs> um the weapon it, what pretty much all the weapons are cgi um shia's hammer is cgi pretty much every single time you see it and Again, you know, they didn't put the same lighting on it as they do the character, so it looks awkward. Also, you see this 2D hand that's, you know, got clearly defined edges going up against this very clearly CGI thing, and it does not blend well at all. That's not an excuse I think you can make nowadays, because we figured out how to do CGI well and how to blend it into 2D well. Commit to no Yaiba. Um, and uh, Hoshiki no Kuni. And uh, even King Von Oshawa. But uh, yeah, I I understand. The biggest issue from the little bit clips that I've gotten to watch from the show is that they went the opposite way I felt they should have for the light, overall lighting of the show. The whole atmosphere of the show it's supposed to be very dark. And from what I remember you telling me and what I remember watching, like the very beginning of it was very dark and the animation was phenomenal in the very beginning, right? Uh, like it was like in the first episode, yeah, it was pretty well animated when you're talking about the hand animation. The CG was still terrible. Yeah, but like it the over, it was a darker tone and that, that was like the overall tone that the show gave off when I read it. The problem is it each it's doing this thing where it's trying to be dark, you know, but it's just failing at it. It's like that edgy kid at school, you know, the, well, you, well, you studied math, I studied the blade, you know. Oh, God. It's like that. It's, uh, those are awful. Those those are really awful. It, and it spends too much time, you know, being comedic in 
a dark environment. Don't get me wrong, comedy has a very important place in a darker story, but, you know, you shouldn't be reducing yourself to potty humor, literally. Yeah, no, that's not good at all, to be completely honest. Uh, it's very unfortunate. And then, uh, that's so, so unfortunate. My bone I think I probably had from this entire season was... I don't really think I had too much of a bone with anybody this season. Uh, maybe, like, pacing from certain things here and there. But overall, everything was pretty nice for me. I had a good time. <laughs> I also had a bone to pick with... Uh... Mao Sama retry or Demon Lord retry, because um, every single time a character moved, I burst out laughing. Oh no! It was the funniest fucking thing I have ever watched, but I couldn't watch more than the initial three episodes. Ugh. Um. So our our main character, I forget his fucking name because it's been ten weeks, but um, you know he. He's like, okay, we gotta move quick. So he picks up freaking blonde Rem, puts her on his back, and then he goes running and his legs are like a fucking... Like, you'd, you'd barely hear any impact on the ground. You don't feel any impact. You kind of just feel like he's floating and his legs are going... Oh my god. It's fucking hilarious. Um, also, when he got into combat, you would never actually see things hit each other. It's like a cut to black or a flash of white so that they don't need to show things interacting. It just felt very, very low budget. And I'm just like... That sucks. Is it, this is funny to watch when people are moving, but it's terrible to watch when people aren't. That's not good at all. Characters come across as kind of not, you know, really expressive. Watch it if you want to laugh at some shitty movement animation <laughs> um but yeah yeah eh, enough of my bones all right getting on to the last little bit um past two weeks we had two anime movies come out back to back yes um cough neither cough. of which you've seen <laughs> don't remind me um i really had to i had to wait like it was very unfortunate but um, you were like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna see this movie on the 30th," and I had to just and you had bills to pay. Yeah, life life comes at you like a brick sometimes. But um, so these movies are Promare and Bunny Senpai does not dream of dream. Rascal does not dream of a dreaming girl, which is a uh, it's a continuation of last year's Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Now, we all know who did Promare. Studio Trigger! Yeah, I figured you were going to do that. Those, those are my guys. They're, they're my guys. And Saviors of anime. I know most of my friends actually got a chance to see it. Yeah, don't you feel left out, buddy? It's fine. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but just, just to give a brief overview... These are not the only movies that came out this year, but these are two of the biggest ones because they hit theaters both in Japan and America. So if you would be so kind as to give them a quick reason as to why you should go watch them. Okay, I'm just going to do the 
whole, you know, full spoilers here thing for both of those movies because I'm going to talk about them. I've got things I want to say. Um, watched, actually watched Dreaming Girl last night and uh, I've got some thoughts. Um, oh boy. So, uh, yeah, let's start with Promare. Um, Promare is. Okay. How do I put this? Do you like Gurren? Because this whole thing is just one massive reference to Tengen Top Gurren Lagann. Don't get me wrong, I love Gurren, but honestly, it feels like they leaned a little bit too heavily into it. The main character, Gallo, is the reincarnation of Kamina. He's fucking hilarious. Like, I love him. I'm getting his Nendoroid. But as a story, it doesn't exactly feel like, you know, it should have been a movie. It feels like it should have been, you know, a show. Because they just, they try to condense this thing that is, you know, on the scale of a Studio Trigger production down into 90 minutes. And you end up with characters getting introduced at the beginning, like Gallo's team. Yeah. You know, they're introduced at the beginning. They get their big nameplates flashed on the screen like it's Borderlands, you know. And <laughs> like, oh, these characters are going to be a big deal. They don't fucking do anything. The only one on the team who does anything really major throughout the movie is Ina, and she just ferries Gallo from place to place a couple times. Oh my um, gosh. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious, though. Don't get me wrong. Constant just not letting up with the humor and the opening is just the most distilled trigger thing you can find. It is beautiful. It is unrelenting and I love it. Um, the finale though is literally just straight up Gurren. You've got a big mech being piloted by two people who were formerly enemies and are now best of friends. You know? The bestest of friends. The bestest. Um... And uh, then that thing turns into a giant ball of spiral energy. I, I mean, um, a Promare. Promare? Uh, but yeah, the Promare, by the way, is sudden aliens. So, you know, we, we got to get that, that trigger and Gynax problem. In. <laughs> All right. But on a technical level, oh my God, this film is amazing. Five stars on a technical level because they managed to take 3D and make it look stunning, and they managed to have scenes go from full 3D to 2D, and it's almost seamless, and you only really notice it after a couple of seconds. Like, Wait, now it's 2D! That's actually very impressive. Like, this, uh, this, that, that's... Not a lot of shows do that. Level, this is Trigger's past works with, you know, compositing 2D onto 3D distilled to perfection. That's good um, to hear. So, yes, it does have its stumblings, and I was kind of hard on it at the beginning, but absolutely go watch it. it it's a riot. All right, and now for Bunny. Now for uh, Bunny Girl Senpai. Oh, God, how could you do this to my heart? Oh, God, man. Um, so two extremes. Again, love this movie, but I never want to see my get run over by a car ever again oh i never want to see that ever again because uh, 
Shin, you may have some clue, but Mai is the only waifu I acknowledge. Yep. She is top tier. But I... N- does it work out at the end? Is she still alive? Yes. I don't ever want to see her get run over again. And that's... That's that's kind of a... That hurt. Oh my god. Um. Anyways. I know that was something to start it, but I needed to say it. I'm gonna go back to the beginning. Uh, this film is not really about Mai. It's about uh, Makinohara Shoko, who you might remember as the little girl who uh, brought in the cat that uh, she wanted to adopt, but uh, kept forgetting to ask her parents about it. Yep. Um, and Shoko has uh, two versions of herself. There's the middle schooler, Makinohara. And there's the college student, Makinohara, who saved Sakata from himself back when he was in middle school. Um, and it's a whole bunch of coming to terms with stuff in this film. Um, I'm just going to refer to older Shoko as Shoko-san, and I'm going to refer to younger Shoko as Shoko-chan. Okay. Uh, we got to get our honorifics in here. Um, Shoko-chan has a heart disease and you know it's going to kill her fairly soon um but she's got this assignment that was given to her in fourth grade she's currently in seventh grade and she just couldn't bring herself to fill stuff out after middle school because she was probably going to die before she got to high school yeah but this list mysteriously keeps filling itself out and she says she doesn't remember any of it she doesn't remember writing those things um at the same time shoko san shows up again you know it's no longer a high schooler like sakta remembers she is a college student like at the end of the show right um and you know as it moves along uh Sakta's scars open up a couple times again, and he doesn't really know why until uh, Shoko and Shoko-san and he go out and spend a day together, and based on something that she wears, he notices a scar on her chest. And he's like, oh, so you managed to get that heart transplant? She's like, yeah, I did. By the way, I'm, I'm actually from a future. I'm from the future. Uh, So, time travel now works with adolescent syndrome. Huh. Um, That is... That is a twist that I didn't expect them to put in there. But then, you know, takes a while, but Sakta eventually figures out that it's his heart that was Shoko's transplant. Oh. So... To Shoko-san, Sakta died in a car accident. He was crossing a street to go meet up with Mai on a Christmas Eve date, and he got run over by a reindeer. Not really, got run over by a car. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I need to lighten the food. I'm still reeling. That's I'm 24 hours. Um, but uh, so Shoko says, you know. It's fine. I'll, I'll deal with it. You know, whatever. Don't let. Take care of yourself. Don't worry about the younger me. She'll be fine. This will all work itself out. And um, 
Of course, Sokta has a hard time with this. Of course. You find out you're going to die. Christmas Eve comes, and uh, instead of going to meet Mai, he decides to run off and go meet Shoko-san. He wants to try and find her. Yeah. Um, Well, he gets to an intersection, and he's like, wait, I die on Christmas Eve, don't I? And you think he's going to get run over, but he doesn't. Then he starts running and gets to another intersection and suddenly Shoko calls out to him because, you know, he's a little disoriented still. He turns to look at her and that's when you hear tires screech. A van, a minivan is careening towards him out of control and he is going to get hit. And that's when my jump and pushes him out of the way and you hear the most sickening whap ever. That's... And I do not want to talk about this. <laughs> that's that's rough. Oh god, that hurt, man. Like, mm, I don't jump at stuff. I jumped. I freaking jumped. I think the whole theater did, too. Um, but yeah. Then, you know, well, Mai's dead, you know, whatever. I say whatever, I'm just trying to cope here, people. Um, and, uh, you know, then the realization is, wait, Shokasan's still around. Wasn't she supposed to peter out? Well, turns out that the heart inside of her is now Mai's. Ugh. Sakta's anymore. And Sakta's chest scars are gone. Ugh. Then we get, you know, oh, you know, you gotta save Mai. You gotta, you gotta save Mai. So we do, through some puberty syndrome stuff, uh, Sakta goes back four days to Christmas Eve. And um, he finds a way to save both himself and Mai. Ah, typical movie stuff. At the cost of Shoko. Um, So he goes to see Shoko and uh, after realizing, wait, some of the people that I've interacted with have memories of stuff that didn't happen that I know happened. He comes to... He realizes that, wait, Shoko... Shoko Chan might remember these things and she does she has been the one writing stuff in the uh handout and she's fully aware of her puberty syndrome that's okay so shoko resets the timeline like it's jojo's bizarre adventure or something jesus christ um but you know, she makes sure that it all way that we still have Sakta meeting my thanks to puberty syndrome. We still have the main timeline preserved, but he has no memory of her except for, you know, dreams that this new timeline Sakta had. That's and 
the end of the movie, you know, you see there's a movie that is coming out where Mai is playing the main character, and it's very clearly based on Shoko, you know, girl with a heart transplant and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I need to watch it again, honestly, if I were going to give a proper review. This is just me stringing stuff together on the fly. I did not prepare a script like I should have. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, Sakta and Mai walk to the beach, and you see a little black-haired girl playing in the waves. And he thinks he recognizes her. But when Mai asks him, he says, no, it's nothing. Until suddenly he has flashes of memories from a different timeline where Shoko was, you know, dying. Not a very healthy little girl. Yeah. And then he suddenly remembers Makinohara. He calls out to her and she turns around and says, yeah, Sakta? And roll credits. New version of uh, Fukashigi no Karte. And um, I never I never want to watch that movie again because I don't want to see it over. Oh my god, that's but rough. Yeah, this, don't get me wrong, this movie is fucking hilarious. If you absolutely loved Sakta's humor, you... It's still there. It's very much still there. It's fantastic. Go watch it if you want emotional trauma after seeing your favorite waifu get run over. Yeah, alright, no, that's... You know what that gives me vibes of? Throws me along the same lines of Clannid and Angel Beats. And I don't want to talk about those at all. Now I can finally send you that meme that I made. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all we have for tonight. Um, I wanted to quickly say uh, I don't think I've been wrong with uh, predictions on what's going to be good in the next couple seasons. You've been spot on lately, actually. Um, I'm pretty proud of myself for that. You've also been predicting stuff. Getting extra seasons. Yeah. And um, before I forget, I found the name of that show. It's Minaria Friends. Mysteria Friends. But um, next season, it's going to be fun because we have... We got uh, Shogigeki no Soma getting more. Hero Academy. The Good we Good. We got Okuben getting more. Say what you want. But it's say what you want about being a harem, but yes, it is a harem, absolutely. But it's wholesome harem. It's a good harem. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's a fun show. Um, there's a uh, one that I still read off and on. I'm trying to get back into reading and catching up. It's gonna be a comedy. Marsh. Uh, it's Marimashima Marimashita Irumakun. Basically. The kid can't say no to anything, can't say no to his parents. So his parents sell him to a demon who then says, I want you to be my grandson, and then enrolls him into a demon high school. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's that coming out next season. That should start. That's actually starting very soon, because this is the next coming up season. And uh, something that I don't know if anybody has ever heard of, No Gun's Life. I came across this manga a while ago, 
and I read it, and I was like, what is this? Why is this so good? And then lost where I was because I got distracted, and I was very upset. And the next thing I knew, it was getting an anime. I've actually been eyeing that. Like, and it's done it by a lot to catch my eye when I'm looking through Mal, because I rarely look through Mal, number one. Um, number two, I look at a lot, and I'm just like, oh, shitty, like, not the conversion. Um, but yeah, that one actually... It's kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Yeah, and it's getting animated by Madhouse, so we'll see how that goes. And then the isekai to watch out for next season is Chojin Kokusei Kokusei Tajo. It's a long-ass name. Basically, seven superhuman high schoolers who are world-class geniuses get transferred into another world and build them ensues. Typical story, typical base outline. It's actually hilarious it's a very good story it's pretty funny so keep your eye on that um there's a couple other things to watch some things that um should be interesting to see how they come across but um that's that should be it for me my advice is more what to avoid um you should probably not watch nanatsu no taizai this season yeah the anime is not as good as the manga to begin with, but um, this season it's being done by Studio Dean, so. Oh, wow, that's surprising. We've, and they kind of have a reputation of, you know, gimping out on everything important, like fight scenes. Oh, that's not which, good at you all. Know, that's the most important thing about that show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very important in that show, and maybe wait for it. It's starting on October 9th. Um, something that I... I'm by no means the first person to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, don't watch the second half of SAO Alicization. You shouldn't watch the first half anyways. Um, but if you have watched the first half, then you're probably like me and you're watching it to laugh at it because, oh my god, it's... I love laughing at this show. I'm not even kidding. There, there's a SAO lot. SAO is my favorite thing to watch just because I don't like it. Uh, Do you watch uh, SAO Alternative Gun Gale Online, though? That, that one's good. That's good. It's not Rucky Kawahara writing. It's just watch it. Okay. Um, but that's past seasons. Yeah. All right. Uh, and one more thing before I forget. Two more things before I forget. Um, I'm a sports guy. I watch a lot of sports anime. I watch Diamond of Ace, blah, blah, blah. I hear an Osora. That's going to be a good one. And the anime that I am watching to see if they mess up like they did the first time is Radiant. So if you have listened to my podcast, you have heard me be very upset about how bad the adaptation for Radiant was and now got a second season with a very hype arc where if they mess up, I'm not going to watch this for probably the first few episodes. If they mess it up, I'm probably going to send a very strongly worded letter to somebody because this series deserves a very accurate rendition, a very accurate adaptation, not half-assed or take this and then throw in a bunch of filler because it didn't need it in the first place <laughs> at wow, all. Slamming his desk. He really is passionate about this. So that's that's it. I mean that that's pretty much it. That's all we have for today. Um 
yeah, no. Look, look forward to when about four episodes into the next season when I do that. So probably sometime in, at the end of the month or next month, I'll probably do this for next season, and we'll talk about that. Until then, uh, signing off. It's Big Jim and Val. Thanks for having me. And thank you for coming on. Uh, it's Big Joe's Compendium. Uh, glad you guys were willing to listen. And goodbye and good night.